volume one chapters one and two of the widow barnaby this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recorded by celine major the widow barnaby by francis milton trollope one introduction to the family of the future mrs barnaby financial difficulties maternal love preparations for a fete miss martha compton and miss sophia compton were some five-and-twenty years ago the leading beauties of the pretty town of silverton in devonshire the elder of these ladies is the person i propose to present to my readers as the heroine of my story but ere she is placed before them in the station assigned her in my title page it will be necessary to give some slight sketch of her early youth and also such brief notice of her family as may suffice to make the subsequent events of her life and the persons connected with them more clearly understood the reverend josiah compton the father of my heroine and her sister was an exceedingly worthy man though more distinguished for the imperturbable tranquillity of his temper than either for the brilliance of his talents or the profundity of his learning he was the son of a small landed proprietor at no great distance from silverton who farmed his own long-descended patrimony of three hundred acres with skilful and unwearied industry and whose chief ambition in life had been to see his only son josiah privileged to assume the prefix of reverend before his name after three trials and two failures this blessing was at last accorded and his son ordained by the help of a very good-natured examining chaplain of the then bishop of exeter this rustic laborious and very happy squire lived to see his son installed curate of silverton and blessed with the hand of the dashing miss martha wisett who if her pedigree was not of such respectable antiquity as that of her bridegroom had the glory of being accounted the handsomest girl at the silverton balls and if her race could not count themselves among the landed gentry she enjoyed all the consideration that a fortune of one thousand pounds could give to atone for any mortification which the accident of having a ci-devant tallow chandler for a parent might possibly occasion but notwithstanding all the pride and pleasure which the squire took in the prosperity of this successful son the old man could never be prevailed upon by all mrs josiah's admirable reasonings on the rights of primogeniture to do otherwise than divide his three hundred acres of freehold in equal portions between the rev josiah compton his son and elizabeth compton spinster his daughter it is highly probable that had this daughter been handsome or even healthy the proud old yeoman might have been tempted to reduce her portion to the charge of a couple of thousand pounds or so upon the estate but she was sickly deformed and motherless and the tenderness of the father's heart conquered the desire which might otherwise have been strong within him to keep together the fields which for so many generations had given credit and independence to his race to leave his poor little betsy in any degree dependent upon her fine sister-in-law was in short beyond his strength so the homecroft and the long fourteen the three linneycrofts the five worthies and the ten-acre clover bit together with the farmhouse and all its plenishing and one half of the live and dead farming stock were bequeathed to elizabeth compton and her heirs for ever not perhaps without some hope on the part of her good father that her heirs would be those of her reverend brother also and so he died with as easy a conscience as ever rocked a father to sleep but mrs josiah compton when she became mrs compton with just one half of the property she anticipated waxed exceeding wrath and though her firm persuasion that the hideous little crookback could not live for ever greatly tended to console and soothe her it was not without very constant reflections on the necessity of keeping on good terms with her lest she might make as unnatural a will as her father did before her 
that she was enabled to resist the temptation of abusing her openly every time they met a temptation increased perhaps by the consciousness that miss betsy held her and all her race in the most sovereign contempt betsy compton was an odd little body with some vigour of mind and frame too notwithstanding her deformity and as the defects in her constitution showed themselves more in her inability to endure fatigue than in any pain or positive suffering she was likely to enjoy her comfortable independence considerably longer and considerably more than her sister thought it all reasonable in providence to permit the little lady arranged her affairs and settled her future manner of life within a very few weeks after her father's death and that without consulting brother sister or any one else yet it may be doubted if she could have done it better had she called all the parish to counsel she first selected the two pleasantest rooms in the house for her bedroom and sitting-room and then skilfully marked out the warmest and prettiest corner of the garden overlooking some of her own rich pastures with the fine old grey tower of silverton in the distance as the place of her bower her flower-garden and her little apiary she then let the remainder of her house and the whole of her well-conditioned dairy farm for three hundred pounds a year with as much waiting upon as she might require as much cream butter milk and eggs as she should use and as much fruit and vegetables as her tenants could spare together with half a day's labour every week for her tiny flower-garden she had no difficulty in finding a tenant upon these terms the son of a wealthy farmer in the neighbourhood had a bride ready as soon as he could find a farmhouse to put her into and a sufficient dairy upon which to display her well-learned science miss betsy's homestead was the very thing for them the bride's portion was five hundred pounds for the purchase of the late squire compton's furniture and the half of his fine stock of cows etc etc the which was paid down in bank of england notes within ten minutes after the lease was signed and being carefully put into the funds by miss betsy became as she said to herself but to nobody else a sort of nest-egg which as she should only draw out the interest to lay it again in the shape of principal would go on increasing till she might happen to want it so that upon the whole the style and scale of her expenses being taken into consideration it would have been difficult to find any lady of any rank more really and truly independent than miss betsy she felt this and enjoyed it greatly now and then indeed as she remembered her old father and his thoughtful care for her her sharp black eyes would twinkle through a tear but there was more softness than sorrow in this and a more contented or in truth a more happy spinster might have been sought in vain far and near notwithstanding her humped back far different was the case of those who inherited the other moiety of the estate called compton bassett the rev josiah indeed was himself too gentle and kind-hearted to feel anger against his father or a single particle of ill-will towards his sister yet was he as far from sharing her peace and contentment as his disappointed and vituperative wife how indeed can any man hope to find peace and contentment even though he passed the rubicon of ordination and has been happy enough to marry the favourite flirt of ten successive regiments if he be never permitted to close his eyes and sleep till he has been scolded for an hour and never suffered to wake at any signal save the larum of his lady's tongue it was in vain that day and night he continued submissively to reiterate the phrases to be sure my dear certainly there is no doubt of it he ought not to have done so my love you are quite right my dear and the like all this and a great deal more submission and kindness was in vain mrs compton's complainings ceased not and what was harder still 
she always contrived by some ingenious mode of reasoning to prove that all the mischief which had happened was wholly and solely her husband's fault meanwhile the two little girls sent to bless this union of masculine softness and feminine hardness grew on and prospered as far as animal health went just as much as if their father were not taking to smoking and hot toddy as a consolation for all his sorrows or their mother to a system of visiting and gossiping which left her no time had she possessed the talent to do more for their advantage than take care that they had enough to eat they were very fine on sundays or whenever their ma expected company and not too dirty at other times to pass muster at the day-school at which they were destined to receive all the education which fate intended for them miss betsy little as she admired her sister-in-law and dearly as she loved her sunny garden in summer and her snug chimney-corner in winter now and then left both to pass a few hours in silverton for she loved her brother despite the weakness of character which appeared to her keen faculties to be something very nearly approaching fatuity and being as well aware as the prettiest young lady in the town could be that she was herself totally unfit to be married she looked to his children with the interest with which human beings are apt to consider those who must be the possessors of all they leave behind for many years miss betsy looked forward with hope for one of the two greatly desired events that most coveted was the death of her sister-in-law the other and for many years the most probable was the birth of a male heir to her brother but time wore away and both were abandoned had it been otherwise had miss betsy seen a male compton ready to unite in his own person all the acquired and inherited honours of his twaddling father and all the daily increasing hoard that she was herself accumulating her temper of mind would probably have been very different as it was she looked upon the little girls as much more belonging to their mother than to their father and the steady thriftiness which had it been pursued for the sake of a nephew would have had some mixture of generous devotion in it now that its result could only benefit nieces by no means very dearly loved seemed to threaten the danger of her becoming saving for mere saving's sake there was however in the heart of miss betsy much to render such an incrustation of character difficult but there was also much to displease her in those who alone could claim her kindness on the plea of kindred so that the most acute observer might have been at a loss to say what tone her vexed temper might finally take towards them nevertheless the two young sisters at the respective ages of fifteen and seventeen were as forward and handsome girls as ever drew the attention of a country town they were equally handsome perhaps though very unlike martha was tall dark-eyed fresh-coloured bold-spirited and believed in her heart that she was to be called my lady and to drive in a coach and four sophia the younger girl was less tall and less bright-coloured her hair was light and her eyes though their lashes were black were of the softest grey her chief beauty however consisted in a complexion of great delicacy and a mouth and teeth that could hardly be looked at without pleasure even by cross miss betsy herself miss martha compton was a young lady endowed with a vast variety of brilliant talents she could dance every night and very nearly all night long though she had only learned for six weeks she could make pasteboard card-boxes and screens work satin stitch and like most other clever young ladies bred in a country town abounding with officers quote the oft-profaned lyrics of tom moore the reputation of her sister for talents rested on a basis much less extended it would indeed have been a false concord to talk of her talents for she had but one in the world untaught and unconscious of the power nature had bestowed she sang with the sweet shrillness of the lark 
and had science been set to work upon her for six months silverton might have boasted one of the finest native voices in the kingdom mrs compton was proud of both her daughters and however difficult it might be to procure shoes and gloves out of an income of somewhat less than four hundred pounds a year the winter balls of silverton never opened till the miss comptons were ready to stand up had she been a little less brutally cross to her poor husband mrs compton would really at this time have been almost interesting from the persevering industry and ingenuity with which she converted the relics of her own maiden finery into fashionable dancing dresses for her girls and on the whole the miss comptons were astonishingly well dressed for besides the above-mentioned hoards every article of the family consumption was made to contribute to the elegance of their appearance brown sugar was substituted for white at the morning and the evening meal the butcher's bills were kept down wonderfully by feeding the family upon tripe twice a week the home brood was lowered till the saving in malt for one year bought two glazed calico slips four pair of long white gloves and a bunch of carnations for martha and of lilies for sophia nothing in short was overlooked or forgotten that could be made to distil one drop of its value towards decorating the beauties of silverton few subjects have furnished more various or more beautiful images for the poet's pen than maternal fondness from the heart-stirring fury of the dauntless lioness when her young ones are threatened down to the patient hen red-breast as she sits a brood lonely fasting and apart from all the joys of birdhood awaiting the coming life of her loved nestlings in short from one extremity of animal creation to the other volumes of tender anecdotes have been collected illustrative of this charming feature of female nature and yet much still remains to be said of it where is the author who has devoted his power of looking into the human heart to the task of describing the restless activity the fond watchfulness the unwearied industry of a proud poor tender mother when labouring to dress her daughters for a ball who has told of the turnings the dyings the ironings the darnings that have gone to make misses of ten pounds a year pin-money look as smart as the squanderer of five hundred yet such things are the light of morning never steals into the eyes of mortals to spur them on again to the deeds of greatness after nightly rest without awakening many hundred mothers whose principal business in life is to stitch flounce pucker and embroider for their daughters all this is very beautiful i speak not of the stitching flouncing puckering and embroidering but of the devotion of the maternal hearts dedicated to it all this is very beautiful yet never has gifted hand been found to bring forth in delicate pencilling traits such as these with half the study that has been often bestowed on the painting a cobweb this is unjust great however as were mrs compton's exertions for the establishment of her daughters by the ways and means above described her maternal efforts were not confined to these for their sakes she on one occasion armed herself for an enterprise which notwithstanding the resolute tone of her character cost her some struggles this desperate undertaking which was nothing less than the penetrating to the rarely invaded retreat of miss betsy for the purpose of asking her to give the girls a little money was occasioned by a great event in the annals of silverton the officers of the regiment a detachment of which had been quartered there for a twelvemonth gallantly determined to give the neighbouring families a fete before they left the town in return for the hospitalities they had received i am writing of the year eighteen thirteen a period when the palmy days of country quarters still existed and many may still remember the tender sensibilities excited by a departing regiment and the gay hopes generated by an arriving one 
either of these events as well calculated to chase the composure of spirits arising from the unbroken routine of ordinary existence and it may easily be imagined that upon an occasion where the effects of both were brought to act upon the hearts and souls of a set of provincial fair ones at the same moment the emotions produced must have been of no ordinary nature such was the case at the fete given by the first battalion of the blank regiment on their leaving silverton for as it chanced that they were to be replaced by the second battalion of the same corps the compliment intended for the neighbourhood was so arranged as to be shared by the officers who were about to be introduced to it and thus an immense mass of joys and sorrows regrets and hopes tears and smiles all came into action at once and volumes might be filled in the most interesting manner solely in describing the states of mind produced in the most charming portion of the inhabitants of twenty-seven of the principal houses of silverton and its vicinity it was so quite unlike any other party that ever was given as mrs compton well observed in talking over the matter with her daughters that it was downright impossible not to make some difference in the way of preparing for it different i believe it is different exclaimed miss martha it is the first ball we ever showed ourselves at by daylight and i should like to know how we that always lead everything are to present ourselves in broad sunshine with dyed pink muslin and tarnished silver you can't and you shan't replied her affectionate mother if i sell the silver spoons and buy plated ones instead i will not have my girls disgraced in the face of two regiments at once but upon my life girls money is not to be had for the asking for truth it is and no lie that there is not above twenty pounds in the bank to last till michaelmas and the butcher has not been paid these five months but don't look glum martha shall i tell you what i have made up my mind to do carry a plate round the mess-room mamma when they are all assembled perhaps replied the lively young lady and if you asked for aid for the sake of our bright eyes it is likely enough you might get something but if it is not that what is it mother why i will walk over to compton bassett martha and ask the ram's horn your aunt for five pounds outright and tell her into the bargain what it is for and stingy and skinflint as she is i can't say that i shall be much surprised if she gives it for she is as proud as she's ugly and it won't be difficult to make her see this time that i am asking more for credit's sake than for pleasure go mother by all means replied the young lady with a sneer that seemed to indicate despair of any aid from miss betsy all i know is that she never gave me anything since i was born but a bible and prayer-book and it don't strike me as very likely she'll begin now set off however by all manner of means and if you come back empty-handed i'll tell you what my scheme shall be tell me now martha said the mother it's no joke i can tell you striding over the hill this broiling day i don't want to go for nothing i promise you tell us your scheme girl at once why if i was you mother i would go to smith's shop and tell him confidentially that i wanted a little more credit and that everything would be sure to be settled at christmas that won't do martha compton your father has given him a bill already for thirty pounds due in november and it is a chance if it gets honoured i promise you smith knows too much about our money matters to be caught napping well then set off mother i'd offer to go with you only i know that captain tate will be sure to be walking on the hatherton road and i shouldn't wonder yet if he was to come out with a proposal oh never mind me child i can go alone and that's what you can't do my dear you must take sophy with you mind that and don't get talked of just as the new set are coming in 
nay for that matter sophy will be as likely to meet willoughby as i shall be to meet tate so there is no fear i should have to go alone well take care of yourselves and don't let the sun get to tan your necks mind that having given these parting injunctions mrs compton set forth upon her expedition the result of which shall be given in the next chapter chapter two a sisterly visit and a cheerful reception the retreat of a rural heiress interesting conversation an unsatisfactory letter mrs compton said no more than the truth when she declared that it was no joke to walk from silverton to compton bassett in the dog days a long shadeless hill was to be mounted several pastures beautifully open to the sun with all their various styles were to be conquered and finally a rough stony lane that might have crippled the hoof of a jackass was to be painfully threaded before she could find herself at miss betsy's door yet all this she undertook and all this she performed strengthened by the noble energy of maternal love on reaching at length the comfortable well-conditioned abode of her husband's rural ancestors she so far suspended her steadfast purpose as to permit herself to drop into a deliciously cool woodbine-covered seat in the porch and there indulged the greatly needed luxuries of panting and fanning herself at her ease for a few minutes before she set to work on the stony heart of the spinster just as she was beginning to think that it was time her rest should end and her important labour begin a curly-headed little girl of some eight or nine years old came from the house and very civilly asked her what she pleased to want i want to see miss betsy can't you go to her my little girl and tell her that her sister mrs compton is come to pay her a visit yes ma'am replied the child there she is you can see her if you please to look this way there at the end of the long walk where you see the bit of grass plat and the two elm trees miss betsy always sits in her bower in a sunshiny morning watching the bees well trot away to tell her mrs compton is coming and then she won't be surprised you know the child did as she was bid tripping lightly along a well-kept gravel walk which led to the grass plat while mrs compton followed with sedater step behind how the announcement of her arrival was received by the little spinster she could not judge though she was at no great distance when it was made but her messenger having entered beneath the flowery shelter of miss betsy's bower both parties were effectually concealed from her sight and despite the profound contempt she constantly expressed for the little fright she paused at some paces from the entrance to await the child's return the interval was not long but though her little envoy speedily reappeared she brought no message and silently pointing to the bower ran back towards the house mrs compton looked after her as if she had rather she would have remained but she called her courage of which she had usually a very sufficient stock to aid her in meeting the ugly little body's queer ways and marched forward to the encounter a few steps brought her to the front of miss betsy's bower and there she saw the still happy heiress seated on a bench which though it might upon occasion hold two persons had nevertheless very much the comfortable air of an armchair with a last year's new novel on a little table before her a subscription to a library at exeter being one of her very few expensive indulgences miss betsy's dress was always as precisely neat and nice as that of a quaker and on the present occasion no bonnet concealed the regular plating of her snow-white muslin cap which closely fitting round her pale but intelligent features was so peculiarly becoming that her visitor muttered in her heart she can dress herself up nasty crooked little thing and we shall soon see if she has generosity enough to make her nieces look half as smart good morning to you sister betsy it was thus she began the difficult colloquy that she was come to hold 
you look charming well to-day with your beautiful cap and your pretty arbour and your book and your armchair and also very snug and comfortable ah goodness me nobody knows but those who have tried what a much finer thing it is to be single than married did you come all the way from silverton mrs compton to tell me that said the lady of the bower pointing to a stool that stood at the entrance why no sister betsy i can't say i did replied mrs compton seating herself i am come upon an errand not over agreeable i assure you neither more nor less than to talk of your poor brother's troubles and difficulties and what is worst of all i don't feel over sure that you will care anything about it and what makes you think that mrs compton said miss betsy in a sort of cheerful clear voice that certainly did not evince any painful acuteness of sympathy how can i think that you care much about him or any of us sister betsy since tis months and months that you have never come near us i am sure we often talk of you and wish you would be a little more sociable that is exceedingly obliging mrs compton replied miss betsy in the same cheering happy tone of voice and i should be very wrong not to oblige you if i could fancy that my doing so could be of any real use or service but to tell you the truth i suspect that my poor brother likes to have a better dinner when i am at a table than when i am not and if all's true that gossips tell about his butcher's bill that can be neither right nor convenient and as for you mrs compton and the young ladies i greatly doubt if my frequent appearance among you would contribute much to your intimacy with the officers you talk very strangely sister betsy i am sure that i was not thinking of the officers at all but only of how glad we always were to see you that is very kind indeed replied the provoking spinster in the same happy voice and i assure you that i do believe my brother likes to see me very much and what is more remarkable still i have more than once fancied that my niece sophie looked rather pleased when i came in and so did martha i am sure and so did i sister betsy you can't deny that then why don't you come to see us oftener for no reason in the world replied miss betsy gaily but because i like to stay at home better so much the worse for us so much the worse for us sister betsy if you had been to see us you must have found out what i am now come to tell you and that is that poor dear josiah is in very great difficulty indeed and though we generally i must say bear all our hardships remarkably well yet just at this time it comes upon us with unbearable severity does it indeed mrs compton but you have never yet turned your head to look at my bees for my part i can sit and watch them by the hour together if my book is not too interesting careful little fellows it is but just three o'clock standing up as she spoke to look out upon a sundial that glittered in the middle of the grass plat but just past three and they are beginning to come home with their work already mrs compton felt what the french call dérouté but she recovered herself and returned to the charge you are a happy woman sister betsy said she with nothing to care about but your books and your bees i am very happy indeed replied the maiden in an accent that well befitted the words and so are my bees too for it is beautiful weather and one can almost see the flowers grow they come on so finely but i want to talk to you sister betsy about our troubles you don't know how i slave and fag to make our poor girls look like somebody no saturday night ever comes that i do not sit up till past midnight striving to make their things decent for sunday do you indeed mrs compton i was told that they wore pink bows in their bonnets last sunday and green the sunday before but i did not know that you sat up to change them change them god bless you 
i wish that was all i have got to do why i had to wash those pink ribbons and then dip them in saucer pink and then rub them very nearly dry till my poor arms almost came off and then iron them and then sew in the wire ribbon again and then make them up i'll leave you to judge how much sleep i was likely to get for i could not have the bonnet still after the girls came home from the evening parade where they had been with mrs colonel williamson they never go to parade without one of the regimental ladies as a chaperone but why don't the young ladies rub their ribbons a little themselves asked miss betsy oh that would not answer at all sister betsy why that very saturday night they were at a musical party at colonel williamson's and sophie was the principal lady singer she and that elegant young willoughby always sing together and the best judges in silverton say it is as fine as anything in london well that's very nice indeed mrs compton and i don't suppose she could well rub her ribbons while she was singing as she said this miss betsy's eye returned as if drawn by some strong attraction as had been often the case before since the conversation began to the volume that lay open on the little table before her mrs compton became desperate and rising from her stool approached the table and boldly closed the book upon my word you must hear what i have got to say sister betsy and leave alone reading for a minute or so while i talk to you of what concerns the honour of your family the honour of the family said the spinster in an accent of some alarm employing herself however in finding her place again and then putting a mark in it i hope you have got nothing very bad to tell me about the young ladies mrs compton nothing in the world but good sister betsy if you will but lend us a helping hand once and away you seem to know all the news and therefore i dare say you have heard that the first battalion of the blank are to go to plymouth on the seventeenth and that the second battalion are to march into silverton on the same day so the colonels have agreed that a fete a public breakfast and dancing to the band in tents in a field behind the spread eagle shall be given by the officers of the first battalion on the sixteenth and that all or nearly all the officers of the second battalion shall have leave to come forward one day's march to join it and be introduced to all the neighbourhood now just fancy our girls being invited to such a party as this and not having a dress in the world that they can go in just tell me what you think of this sister betsy not having had much experience in such matters mrs compton i am really quite at a loss to guess what it is that young ladies are likely to do in such a case don't you think it would be very natural sister betsy to turn towards some kind generous rich relation and ask their help out of such a strait don't you think this would be natural and right sister betsy yes very natural and right indeed mrs compton thank god then all our troubles are at an end dear blessed sister betsy ten pounds ten pounds will be quite enough for us all and buy a pair of new black stockings for josiah into the bargain in case he should like to go miss betsy made no reply but drawing the table a little towards her opened her book and began to read it's a long walk i have to go sister resumed mrs compton and i shall be particularly glad to get home so will you have the kindness to give me the money at once ma'am said miss betsy looking up with a most innocent expression of countenance whatever sum you may be pleased to grant us sister betsy i beg and entreat you to give me directly so i would mrs compton without a moment's delay replied miss betsy with the most cheerful good humour only i don't intend to give you any money at all oh isn't that treachery isn't that cruelty exclaimed the agitated matron wringing her hands did not you say sister betsy 
that it would be the most natural and right thing in the world to ask one's rich relations in such a moment as this but i never said it would be right to ask me mrs compton but you meant it if you did not say it and that i'm sure you can't deny and isn't it hard-hearted to disappoint me now it is a great deal more hard-hearted in you mrs compton to take upon you to say that i am rich i am a poor crooked ram's horn of a body as you know well enough and i want the comfort and the consolation of all the little countrified indulgences that my good father provided for me by his will you were a beauty mrs compton and your daughters are beauties and it must be a great blessing to be a beauty but when god denied me this he gave me a kind-hearted father who took care that if i could not have lovers i should have wherewithal to do tolerably well without them and i am not going to fly in the face of providence or of my father either in order to dress you and your daughters up to please the officers so now mrs compton i think you had better go home again and is this the way you treat your poor brother's children miss betsy your own flesh and blood and they poor girls sitting at home in the midst of their faded worn-out trumpery and thinking what a disgrace they shall be to the name of compton in the eyes of all the country if their aunt betsy won't come forward to help them stop a minute mrs compton and i will help them in the best manner i can but i must go into my own room first and you may sit here the while will you give me a draught of milk sister betsy said the again sanguine visitor my mouth is perfectly parched the same little girl who had acted as her usher was again within call and miss betsy summoned her by name go to your mother sally and desire her to spare me a penny worth of fresh milk and here my dear is the money to pay for it don't drop it sally dear me sister betsy i don't want to put you to the expense of a penny for me i thought that you had milk allowed you in your rent and so i have as much as i can use but you are not me mrs compton and i make a great point of being just and exact in all ways and now i will go for what i promised you in about ten minutes the little lady returned with something in her hand that looked like a sealed letter please to give this to my nieces mrs compton with my good wishes for their well-doing and happiness and now if you please i will wish you good morning for i am rather tired of talking don't open that letter but give it seal to your daughters good morning mrs compton miss betsy then carefully took up the empty cup which her visitor had drained and returned to the house leaving her sister-in-law to set off upon her homeward walk in a condition painfully balancing between hope and fear nevertheless she obeyed the command she had received and delivered the letter unopened into the hands of her daughter martha that young lady tore it asunder by the vehemence of her haste to obtain information as to what it might contain but miss sophia who was of a more gentle nature quietly took the dissevered parts and having carefully placed them side by side upon the table read as follows niece martha and niece sophia your mother tells me that you are greatly troubled in your minds as to what dresses you shall appear in at a fete or entertainment about to be given by some officers she tells me that your dresses are all very dirty wherefore i hereby strongly advise you never on any account to put them on again till such time as they shall be made clean for it is by no means an idle proverb which says cleanliness is next to godliness your mother spoke also of some articles which as she said it would be necessary for you to put on upon this occasion all of which you possessed but in a state greatly faded which means as i take it that they have lost their colour by exposure to the sun observing what is indeed very obviously true that as this fate or entertainment is to be given by daylight the loss of colour in these articles would if seen at such a time become particularly conspicuous 
it is therefore her opinion and it is in some sort mine also that the wearing such faded apparel would be exposing yourselves to the unpleasant observations of your richer cleaner and smarter neighbours for which reason my opinion is and i shall be very glad if it prove useful to you that you avoid such a disagreeable adventure by staying at home i am your aunt elizabeth compton the effect likely to be produced by such a communication as this upon ladies in the situation of mrs compton and her daughters must be too easily divined to require any description but the resolution taken in consequence of it by miss martha being rather more out of the common way shall be related in a chapter dedicated to the subject End of chapters 1 and 2